I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, I'm uh, my Lisa and I have been on quite the run here on the road, and the the run continues today. I'm in the Red Stick. Do you know where that is? The Red Stick. Is that Baton? Does that ring any is bells Baton for you? Rouge? Baton Rouge. Oh, That's yeah. the French for the Red Stick. That's the, which I have no idea why they call it the Red Stick, but. That's what they call uh, it. A, we have this thing called the internet that divulges information when you <laughs> ask a question. Or Phil's former friend, uh, what was her name? Athena? Uh, uh, no, uh, Alexa. But y'all had a, yeah, but Phil and Alexa had a parting of the ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All she was supposed to do she, she is wake me up when I wanted her to wake me up. And after three days... <laughs> It came time for her to wake me up. She said, we have a computer pop-up. I said, I'll get rid of it. Get, get Throw it away. <laughs> Sleeping on the job, Alexa. <clears throat> Only after you interrogated her, Dad, on uh, what she knew about the gospel and the Bible. Don't forget that part. It re- reinforced what I'd been thinking of, what these computers would do to you. That reinforced the idea. Alexa couldn't, couldn't make the cut. She didn't, she didn't wake me up one morning. What's your problem? Alexa, probably got to keep the computers. <laughs> and, and then she asked you about Cy, right? Yeah. I went back to just the, the, the old timer, you know, click, click, click. So, uh, Al, in 1699, French visitors called the spot Red Stick, Baton Rouge, because of a boundary marker pole stained with animal blood standing on the river bluff. Well, this got, this got weird. <laughs> I think I was better off not knowing. I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you think they were the message was don't come, don't stop. Maybe that the message was don't, don't stop here. Wow, that's two minutes of my life I'll never get back. So I got some good news, Al, because that was a weird thing to look up. Uh, but it's there for you, Phil, if you ever want it. Yeah. I'm sure you could find the same thing in an hour in your encyclopedias. But it was, it, yeah, so it was the Native American, two Native American tribes, and that bloodstained pole was the boundary marker between two, basically, hunting camps. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, it's yeah. not a whole lot different mm-hmm. than what goes down in your parts out here when somebody puts a stake in the ground and claims the deer area you know what people y'all do with the deer honey i stay at all that but i I do remember i've told that story before about duck hunting because i joined a hunting club so i could duck hunt because they said we're full we're taking no more deer hunters i was like yeah i don't care anything about the deer but i'll pay the fee if i can duck hunt that little break they said well perfect because nobody duck hunts here so we went down there started shooting ducks and then three members, club members, came in a boat while we're hunting and started nailing a board on a tree that was 10 foot in front of our blind while we had decoys out. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> they said, we're claiming this spot. I was like, well, we're in the hunting club, and we've already claimed this spot. And he said, I don't see a sign. <laughs> yeah, that, that really happened. <clears throat> So, <laughs> you know what you should have done? You should have taken a red stick stained with animal blood and stuck it in the yeah, ground and said, cross done. this line. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to share with you, so <clears throat> usually we do our podcast 
the first two days, you know, Monday and Tuesday of the work week. But this week, something happened, and I don't know what that was. But we're doing my travels. Yeah, your travels caused us to do Monday and Wednesday. But I want to inform you. So yesterday, I had the day off. I didn't even get up and go till hunting. I played the the guessing game. I said I don't think they're coming, and so I didn't show up. And how many did y'all kill yesterday? Zero. Zero. It's such a good feeling when you because you savor the sleep. But it's a it's a tough game to play because if they do come, you will hear about it the rest of your life. But I did know I showed up this morning. The first teal that lit. In about three seconds, boo woo! That was I heard, a, I heard a shotgun go off, and <laughs> yeah. I said, "Boy, old Jace, he came, he came ready to go." That was the highlight of the morning. That was the only deal we shot. But anyway, we, but I wanted to tell y'all that I actually had a podcast yesterday on my day off. What we recorded one? Would you like to? No, it was not record. Well, it was, it was recorded in the minds of the audience. So here's what happened. I'll tell you the story. <laughs> This is a good story. You'll like it. So my truck, you know, they, they, what do they call that? They, uh, what do they call it when they take a standard truck and then they transform it? They didn't baptize it, but they, I can't think of the word. What's it called? They trick, not trick it up. They, okay. uh, trick, they trick it out, trick it out. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Trick. Yeah. So they put like bumpers on it. They, I have a, uh, a winch on it. These lights for nighttime, and and they raised it up, and so and it's okay. They made it look like a mad spider. It went from a spider to a mad spider. Just and uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like problem, to me, you had a little extra cash hanging around, and you just thought you'd. No, they they didn't charge me. It's a company who does this, and they said we see that you have a truck in need of renovations. It's a brand new truck. And I was like, what do you have in mind? They said, well, I'll tell you what, if you'll let us do what we do and you take a picture in front of it, we won't charge you anything. But we just wanted to, it's a marketing deal. They're like, we want to show people what we do. So I went, went, uh, let me think about that. Yes, please. And so anyway, but somewhere (laughs) in the process, my tires got got misaligned. And uh, so I was driving brand new tires on the thing and... It felt weird, but it was on the inside of the tires. So long story short, I had to get two new tires. So I did. Well, I went back up there because it started feeling the same way. And I thought, I want to make sure this thing is still aligned right. So I took it to the tire place. All right. That's why the, on my day off, I was going because I'm fixed to, you know, it's right before duck season. We're fixed to be driving a lot. So I go up there to the tire place and I need my oil change. Well, when I walked in, this place was busy. It was bustling so i thought oh boy and uh but a guy as soon as i walked in he went jace i looked up i I didn't think i had ever seen him before and uh he stuck his hand out he said i just got through seeing you and i thought okay i came from my house what's he talking about well he was watching the (laughs) podcast so he saw me on the podcast and then he saw me at the tire place so it was weird for him, yeah. you know. And uh, 
he said, I'm trying it's to get like my life right. It's like you came right out of his computer screen. You walked right into his Exactly. Existence. So it was weird. Well, everybody was looking around like, well, this is weird. Who is this guy? You know, talking about me because, you know, I'm sure some of the people, they just thought I was a vagrant. And uh, so he was talking about he had just got involved in a Celebrate Recovery and he was trying to, and somebody from the Celebrate Recovery, not the one we have at our church, but a different one, had recommended that he listened yeah. to our podcast. So so he did. Hmm. So here's what's funny about this. So I sit down. Well, he starts asking me questions. He's like, what do you think? The first question was, uh, he said, what do you think is the hardest thing to get to get over, you know, as a Christian, you know, from your past life? So I was like, well, then I felt like I needed to explain the gospel and the actual, because I'm like, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you haven't surrendered to Jesus, well, it's all going to be difficult, you know. Yeah. The right. so, right. but here, here's what's weird is there were so many people in there. We weren't sitting next to each other, so he was across the way, and I was across the way, and there's people. We're in a circle, and you have all the people <laughs> working there. So, Phil, this was a one-hour discussion on Jesus' transformation. We got into his biggest problem. He said, "My big, he said, here's my biggest problem. He said, the love of money. And he said, I, I heard y'all read, you know, that it's a, it's the, it's the root of all evil. And he's like, well, that, that's me. So what, do you, what advice do you, can you share, you know? So, but that was the nature of it. But then it, it hit me. Because I thought, now here's a guy who looked like, I mean, he looked like he's going to celebrate recovery. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was yep. he's, he's a little rough on the, on the outside, but he had a good heart, and he was inquiring about that. But I thought, here we had probably 20, 25 people listening to this conversation. Nobody else said a word. And I thought, I wonder what they thought about that. You know, it had to affect them. You were fulfilling... Romans chapter 12, offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your form of worship. And then as far as it depends on you, try to live at peace with all men. Well, I really wasn't sacrificing. I didn't have anything else to do. It passed the time for me. <clears throat> but it was a little, it was a. That was a great way to share Jesus. What you it was there. a Jesus conversation for an hour in a place that wasn't a church. It was a tire place. With everyone yep. listening, but it didn't really hit me till I walked out. I thought, I bet those people thought, "What an interesting conversation!" Because you know, you know what that many me? people they weren't <laughs> believers. Probably no, no pulpit necessary. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. You we're getting the job done. <laughs> did you get on a raised portion where no, you were talking? No, I did down? not get. This was just real talk. I, mean, I went talk through Hebrews twelve one because, like, about the money. Remember what we talked about? I said, look, some God, some things God gives you are blessings, but they can become a weight. I said, money is one of those things. I was like, the reason I think because he said, well, how did your family handle? Because y'all obviously have a bunch of money now. And you're famous. I was like, well, but we found true happiness when we didn't have any money. And we found that in Jesus. I said, now, when those blessings came, they can become weights if not properly handled. He said, well, that's what I need. How do I properly handle that? I said, don't wake up every morning thinking that you're fixed to strike it rich and all your problems are going to go away. I said, that's a bad 
I said, you need to wake up every morning saying, I've been forgiven. I'm going to live forever. God's got a purpose for my life. And if I have some money in my pocket, guess what? That's just great. Even with my background, you're telling me that I have been through one sacrifice, Jesus Christ, what he did for you. You're telling me that because of that, I have been made perfect forever as I'm being made holy. Exactly. I just thought y'all'd get a kick out of that. No, I love it, and it was the that whole discussion was with, about money. Is the Philippians four when Paul said, "I've learned what it means to be content in any and every circumstance, whether I have plenty or I have nothing. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who lives in me." And so you think about it; that means that Jesus is enough whether you had a little or whether you had a lot. So your description yeah. was perfect because we've experienced both. Hey, you tell you what's funny? The part I laughed out loud on, so I, I went through the rich young ruler. I just quoted it from memory. And look, so I get through it, and I said, what do you think about that? And he said, I don't like that story. <laughs> he, he didn't like to go sell everything yeah i said well you know what you i said you're gonna make it you're gonna make it in jesus and he said why do you say that i said because you're honest i was like yeah. there's a lot of things right. that when you believe jesus is real there is a lot of moments that you read something and you're like hmm well i don't like that because you're you're resonating with that that it you this yeah. is this is what repentance is. You realize that God has his best interest for you and your best interest. He was pricked because of the word of God. Now he has to understand that you know when you feed on the scriptures, you will be able to, to you train yourself to distinguish good from evil. If mm. your if your way of life is, but I'll pursue money at all costs. No, I mean, I, I have a love for money. Yeah. But if that's the case, well, what about when you die and they put you in the ground? Is the money going to help you? Ain't going to help you. Yeah, no, no U-Hauls. Hang, hang on, Zach. Let's take a break. So on this little speaking run, Jace, I've been on, it's mostly uh, pro-life events or, or surrounded around that. And uh, I got to meet the uh, attorney general from uh, Mississippi who her team argued the Dobbs case, which in essence turned over Roe v. Wade. And what's interesting is, is every audience that I've been at, there's just a lot of excitement about sort of a post Roe world. And so a lot of organizations have already been in place. And and somebody last night that spoke mentioned all the prayer that has been going up for 50 years concerning abortion and how those prayers were finally answered with this first step. And one of the groups that's really been responsible for a lot of that prayer is a group called 40 days for life. Uh, We've had Sean on our podcast, who's their CEO. They have a million volunteers in a thousand cities and they hold these peaceful vigils outside abortion facilities. And they're there to pray. I mean, they're there to pray that people will make good decisions, that they won't abort their babies. And they've got some numbers now. They've been doing this long enough to know that uh, a no-show rate goes as high as 75% because of this prayer uh, that people won't show up uh, for an abortion. So it's working in more than just the big stuff. Another percentage is 45%. 45% of uh, the abortion businesses have closed their facilities in some of these uh, more liberal states. So Hearts and minds are being changed, and prayer is the reason why. So we want you to check them out. 
uh, to support these guys. Check out their locations, their podcasts. There's a free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. It's going to keep you updated on how abortion is ending in a post-Roe America. So that's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out. Yeah, that's, that's what I love about guys and folks in recovery ministries like CR and AA. It's like the some of those questions that because they're focused a whole lot more on transformation than you know some sometimes we are, and um, because they know they know how sinful they are. They've seen the and they've seen the consequences of sin. Yep. Sometimes we convince ourselves that we're not that bad off when we are, and we don't focus on transformation enough. You know, I think his question is question we all have how, like how do i experience the transforming power of god i was thinking of uh there's an author whose name is uh, larry crab and and he in an interview some i think it was an interview he said uh after 50 years of walking with jesus and reading the word he said i'm just kind of disappointed in how little transformation i've seen and i i've got that I, I identify with that but i think the answer to phil's point you, you had quoted this loosely out of hebrews 5 yep uh, it says, but for, for solid food is for the mature. I would, add, I would add this word in there that you didn't mention, but you, you referenced it. Who, because of practice, have trained their senses to distinguish or discern good from evil. You betcha. And so I think that you know, how, like, how do you get out of, of, of like if, if, if money's your thing or maybe it's sex or pornography or gossip or whatever your, whatever your thing <laughs> is and you're not seeing transformation in your life. I mean, the, the easy answer is to read your Bible. The hard answer is by by practice and constant use, you train yourself. That's it. By practice and constant use to distinguish good from evil. You have to exercise your spirit just like you would exercise your body. If you said, how do I run a, a, a 5K? Well, you have to, to go out there and start doing it. And over time, it won't be that difficult. But you have to do it. Yeah, it's not rocket science because the fruit of the spirit if in fact you're being made holy and you are feeding on the scriptures and you are training yourself with the help of the holy spirit then you will see uh things like love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control yeah and that far outweighs uh, the influx of money coming your way the money's not going to be able to give you those qualities. It just won't. You can spend it and buy this and buy that and buy. You, and your dad, you've got to you got to remind people of the stories of transformation too. You know, we had Rucker on the podcast a while back, and Zach was yep. telling me what how much people had responded to that. And the reason why is it's it's an incredible story of transformation, and you got to tell those stories. Last night we were here, Lisa and I were speaking, and it was just briefly at the end of this gala. And it was a celebration of, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned. And there were a lot of legislators there from Louisiana. And now we banned abortion in Louisiana, which I'm very proud we did. And so we got up at the end with Lisa for the first five minutes. She just talked about her being a 16 year old girl and, and having nowhere to go. And so she had an abortion, but you talk about bring reality into the room. I mean, like, you know, Ooh. it's a big topic of, you know, abortion. But then when somebody is there and just reminds you that you can be transformed and God can yeah. do amazing things in spite of our weaknesses. I mean, all the people afterwards, the, the, the uh, Mississippi attorney general was there and the solicitor, the ones who argued the Dobbs case, and they came up in tears 
And they, they were telling Lisa, thank you for reminding us why we fight the fight. And so it's, it's transformational stories that really resonate with people. And I, I think, Jace, you discovered that even in a public setting like that, there's no telling who else has been was impacted in that circle that you'll never know that just from that yeah. discussion, you know, kind of a directional dialogue, which is Jesus style, you know. Yeah, transformation, if you think about it, it, it you, you're not going to experience transformation from just a simple cognitive understanding of the scripture alone. You have to embody it and you have to experience it. And I think why these testimonies like Lisa, her testimony is so powerful is because it, it, it's a way that people can experience truth, not just know it. And I, you do have to know it, but you yeah. also have to experience it and embody it. And that's what I love about uh, recovery ministry like CR uh, which we're about to start at our church um, as well, but um, we actually just started doing the uh, the first phase of that. But it's everything about CR is geared towards spiritual formation, towards forming the spirit through a lot of exercises that get people to start contemplating the truths of Scripture, and particularly in terms of their own life, their own brokenness. And and with that, you over time, you you experience a substantial transformation, and you look back and it's like, wow, look at what God's done in the last, you know, 10 years. So it's cool that when you tell that story, Jace, just thinking of that guy was hungry and, and he was so honest and raw with you that it's, it's almost refreshing when you, when someone says like, Hey, I don't like that story. I, that, that, that's refreshing. To me. Oh, I loved it. You know, that's what I thought it was. Uh, you know, I figured he was young in the faith and he, and he took this as a sign because the last thing you think you're going to, you think you're going to see if you're trying to better your life and somebody recommended a podcast and you're watching it. The last thing you think you're going to see is the actual person that you just listened to. Well, he's looking at it like, well, as you go in there, you, all you want is a couple of tires. That's it. <laughs> well, I already had the tires. I just wanted them to make sure that it was aligned properly, yeah. which it needed. An <laughs> and adjustment. Were they? No. Were they aligned? No, they weren't. And so they fixed it. And I was there three hours. But an hour of it was that. And so, uh, but then I didn't mind because I just thought, I mean, this was a, I think it was a God orchestrated thing. I mean, call me crazy, but I think it was. <laughs> well, and that's the moments that you have to be ready for. You know, a lot of times our audience will ask, well, how do you do that? You just, you just speak what truth is. And I love it when people have questions. I met a young man last night at this event, you know, and he came up, he said, I just can't believe you're here. And I said, I'm here. And he was like, I mean, I watch you on the podcast and I look up and you're here. And I said, yeah, I know. And, and so are you, <laughs> but it's like you were yeah, saying, it Jace, reminded me you of one the of those. Yeah. It reminded me of one of those chick flick uh, movies that Missy got me to watch one time, but I, I think Tom Cruise was in it. I don't, I don't even remember it. But it's like they got to the end, and he was like, I think he was going to ask the girl to marry him. I can't remember exactly what it was. And so he finally made up his mind, you know, I got to do this. this I'm going to do it. And so he drives to her house. But when he got there, it was like all these women had gathered, and it was like a women uh, women's counseling session. And they were basically talking about what was wrong with all their husbands or boyfriends. <laughs> and he eased in there. And Including they saw Tom him. Cruise. Yeah. And he's looking like, but there's all these women here. And she's just shared that he's just a loser. And then he just thought, well, 
if I got to just do this here, if it, I mean, cause he didn't want to do it in front of all the other women. Cause I kind of felt that yesterday. I thought, cause when he asked me the question, I thought, I mean, there's 20 strangers here. I don't want to bother them. And he, but he's like raising his voice across the room, you know, and I just looked around and I thought, <laughs> well, if this is where it's got to go down, this is where it's going to go down. <laughs> Did you tell him you complete me at the end of the discussion? No, we didn't get that. That was a little weird. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to ask the same question. Right, but you know what that's called? Uh, Lee Strobel calls that boomerang evangelism. I can't remember his exact story, but, you know, he heard the gospel. I, I think it's he heard it. Someone else was having the conversation. And he yeah. overheard it, I think, is what happened. I, I may be getting that wrong, but there was some kind of somebody experienced yeah. the, 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 the transforming power of Jesus and that and his story. That, and it wasn't a one on one conversation. It was somebody was eavesdropping in on another conversation. So you never know out of those 20 people, man, it may be interesting. You yeah. may you know, look back in five years and somebody might meet you and say, hey, you remember that time you were in a tire shop? Yeah. That's, oh, that's that's, yeah. Well, I've, I've told this story before, but the guy that ordered the duck call, that's all he wanted was a duck call. And in the midst of that, he cursed God. He would GD this and GD that. So I finally, before he hung up, I said, by the way, I said, he said, you got my duck call coming? I said, yeah, I got it coming. I said, by the way, I said, why do you keep cursing the only one that could save you from death? And, he, and it was silence. Well, he said, hey, send me my duck call. Well, about 10 minutes went by and the phone rang. He said, hey, it's me again. He said, you know what? I never thought about that. I said, well, you're cursing him. And I said, unless he can get you out of here alive, I don't know nothing, no one else that could. I said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to come over here and I'll tell you about the one you're cursing. You may change your mind. He said, I might do that. I said, well, you ought to. Well, a week goes by, knock on the door. He steps in the door and he said, I'm the one that was cursing God. And you tell me, you're going to show me why I shouldn't. So I told him about Jesus. He was converted about 15 or 20 years later. I ran into him and he was one of the leaders at that church where I was speaking. So you never know. Just hmm. one little telephone conversation or like Jace, needed his tires fixed and turned out to be a Bible study. Yeah, it was good. Well, yeah, and to and to your point, we ought to put that into practice, Jates. What you did there—that's a good thing to practice. Well, I, I'm just want to say, you know, First Peter three fifteen, always be prepared. Well, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do yep. this with gentleness and respect. So yep. it wasn't like I planned doing that. He's the one that broke down the wall of social banter and just wanted to have the conversation and then i thought oh, he because he because he was seeking which is that's what you're looking for is seekers let's take a break so dad uh what is the only supplement that you take omega xl omega xl and that says something because that Dad's not much on meds or supplements or anything like that, but uh, I convinced him because I was That's taking Omega. That's the only thing I take. Exactly. And, and the reason I convinced you of that, because I said it works. I had been taking it, and I was like, I don't have aches and pains. And there's a reason why. Your body has 360 joints. 
You know, if you start up at the vertebrae and go all the way down to your feet. And so that's a lot of joints that can have a lot of issues. And so uh, your, as your body ages, they have what they call SPMs, which keep your joints healthy, but you get less of them. And so that's what Omega XL does. It restores your SPMs. It rejuvenates your joints and your muscles. And so you can move around like when you were younger. And, the, and I'm telling you, Dad and I both uh, take this product and it works. So check them out, OmegaXL.com slash Phil. You're going to buy a bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free. It's going to give you a couple of months supply, which is what you need to get you going. It takes about eight weeks to really feel the difference. OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Or go to OmegaXL.com slash Phil. You're looking for seekers. Yeah. The authenticity of his faith early on was evident. And uh, I don't know, even if you weren't a believer and you were sitting in that circle, you had to appreciate, because look, you know, you try not to base an opinion on someone based on outward appearance, but I mean, he spent a lot of time at the tattoo parlor and he just, you know, he was just kind of rough. He was a rough guy. You could tell he's he's made some some, <laughs> some tough decisions. And so now you could sense that he's really trying to get his life straight. And, uh, and he yeah. just didn't have a fear of what other people thought in that moment because he thought, this is important to me, and I'm taking this as a sign, and I want to have a conversation. So I was glad to be a part of it. Awesome. When Jesus called him in Mark 1, we mentioned last podcast, Mark one seventeen, he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they didn't have any fear because they said immediately, they, it says here, they, they left what they were doing. They left their nets and they followed him. But I think that what I love about this, uh, that, that opening uh, your story there, um, it, you know, we joke around with Phil about the pulpit, no pulpit required comment that keeps coming up. But really that's, that's what this whole thing is, uh, in, you know, happening. And Mark here, you got Jesus showing up, and up until this point, everybody, if you wanted to experience the presence of God, if you wanted to have a meeting with God, you had to go to the temple. And what's what's going to happen throughout Jesus's ministry, and then the coming of the Holy Spirit, is that we are now the temple. So, like, literally, instead of going, instead of you having to go to the <clears> temple. <throat> Like in that situation, what happened? That tire shop, the temple of God, walked into the tire shop. You got to remember, and, he, and, and Jesus that, had more trouble in the in the, uh, the structure, the church building, as they say. He had more trouble with that group, way more than anybody else. Well, think about it. He goes oh. to the synagogue in twenty-one, you know, and he begins to teach because they allow people to get up and yep. say whatever they wanted, and so which results in him casting out a demon so you're talking about turn the synagogue on its head yeah they're like what just happened here (laughs) that's my point and so then but in the next paragraph look they left the synagogue well then they go to the home of simon and andrew you're like well nothing's going to happen here well you know it's something happened because it's in the bible well simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about it. They're like, this guy cast out demons. How about taking care of the family here? I mean, she's got a fever. Can you do anything with that? Maybe even if it was sarcastic. And he's like, well, he went to her, took her hand, helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. 
Yeah. And, and well, then that evening after sunset, look, people are coming to Jesus. You know, now they're at a house and the whole and Jesus, town gathered Jesus, at the yeah. door. And Jesus and the rest of it wasn't worried about the microbes going from her to them because she had been sick, might have had the, you know, the microbes. I think he took care of them too while he He's was a at microbe it. controller. Yeah. Is that, have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah, but, but that's then, it, that story, Jace, is that story's highlighted even more with the guy with leprosy, which is where we left off last time in the text, because this was something that made you unclean in the temple. This guy couldn't go to the temple. He couldn't go to the synagogue. He was cast off. So you talk about it, Jace, in the modern vernacular. We see people, and you look at them, and you're like, man, like you described, that, that guy's rough around the edges. They, they're seen as unclean. You, you see somebody like that come into a church building, and people are looking like, what's that guy's story? Instead of saying, yeah. if you're willing, you can cleanse me. And then Jesus said, I'm willing, and he touched him. And as Jay said last time on the podcast, that's something he wouldn't have been able to do as a rabbi unless you had the power to heal him when you touched him. Well, right. Yeah, he was uh, playing supernatural tricks, which, by the way, I saw there's a show coming out on one of these, I don't know, history or National Geographic. It was it was titled Supernatural. I can't wait to watch that because uh -oh. I hope it's about Jesus. But if it's yeah. not, I will give you a full report. Yeah. Somehow I don't think it's going to be about Jesus. <laughs> I read these texts. I don't think so. Oh, supernatural. I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the commercial. It was like you talking for a TV show. Yeah, it was a TV show. It's coming out. They're like, it's coming soon, and it said supernatural, and they had some. I saw well, some that's a, critters. I think that's a. That's a huh? I think that's a very. Isn't that a, that's an old TV show, right? It's been out on a long time. Is it right? What's it about? Yeah, there there was one these. called Supernatural, and Jeff's this buddies was like was National the Geographic, and I saw some animal. They had some real oh, no, cool. That's different. Close up. Okay, of now animals. this is about like. And look, they, they brought up on the commercial, it said natural, and then they put up super, supernatural. The most excited, the most exciting thing I have witnessed in the last 50 years of following Jesus, no doubt about it, has been the most exciting thing, one thing I've ever done in my life. What? To see people go from like your buddy there, you was oh, talking yeah. from lost to go say. from yeah. lost to say. Oh, that's right. It's the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life is being a part of that. Just, All in Jesus. Uh, transformation. That's why in Luke 15, when he told the three stories about which we're fixed to get into this story about in chapter two, when he's when he called Levi and he's eating with all the tax collectors and the sinners. And they're like, hey, what are you doing hanging out with them? When he tells those stories, the joy that that is mentioned in heaven and on earth that happens when someone returns to God through Jesus. It causes joy. Oh. These are the pick-me-ups of our faith. Yeah. Al, going you back know what's to our, interesting, Jase? Well, I never finished my, my thought. The reason I brought up the yeah, setting. Hang on, let me, let's take, hang on, let, hang on, let's take a break. The reason I brought up the synagogue to the home is if, because if in practical reasons, okay, if you go to the synagogue and you encounter Jesus, you, what they did, the supernatural progression of that was to then take Jesus into their home. Now there, they had the physical, literal Jesus, but we have the spirit and it's the same concept. 
if what is happening, your experience with God, you know, that happens usually in a church building, people go, they have an altar call, but you then have to take Jesus in your home. Now, granted, this woman yeah. was sick, but whatever the problems are, I mean, there's a formula there for being a, a disciple of Jesus and following Jesus. And I'm trying to, I, I think this is portraying a formula of that. It's in the synagogue. It's in the home. It's in your hobby. It's in the tire place. I, I was, that was the point I was making. When you look at the dip diversity in where these occurrences were taking place, that's all I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, no, that, that's a great point. I love, I love the, how, what the same thing that he's doing in the synagogue, which was a, a center of worship, right? That's the worship place. That's the temple of where That's where, that's where you go to worship. That's where you go to do the, the God stuff. He, he's doing the God stuff in, in that place. But then what Jesus is doing is he's taking it out of that and saying, no, 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 it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And John's gospel, when you know, uh, when he gets to the woman including at the well, tire, 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 including tire, <laughs> including, yeah, it, 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 everywhere, everywhere you go, which yeah, is yeah. that's the call. I mean, that's, that's that was the whole question the woman at the well had, which is where in John's gospel, where do we worship? Like you guys worship over there in Jerusalem, you know, we worship, you know, over here. Like where, where, where does it take place? Where's the, where's the, the center? And he's like. Oh, you have no idea what's happening to you. He's like, a time is coming, and in fact, is now here, where you're not going to worship the Father in that mountain, nor in Jerusalem. The Father now requires worshipers who will worship Him in truth and in spirit. And, and, and that, I mean, that is just that. That's a radical. You, you want to talk about transformation? Like, I don't have to go to a place to get filled up. Like, I, I, like, wait, I'm carrying, I'm housing. God Himself in my body. I mean, that's that's pretty profound. Well, look, what's, yep. what's about the unfold? To, to go to Phil's point about the joy, and because look, so I'm excited after that happened. Because most of the times I would have come home and said, I spent three hours at the tire place. Can you believe that? Three. I mean, three hours is a long time. But I was happy because we had the conversation. So then I shared with Missy, who was not having the best of days because our little baby was just not in a good mood. But I was had so much joy. Well, then she got excited about the conversation. Well, then I was like, "Let me get, let me have that boy." It made child rear. So you. I went over because I have. I told y'all I have his walk up <laughs> songs. I have his playlist that usually takes care of any discomfort. But it wasn't working. I played the Ring of Fire. It just didn't work. I was playing the worship. <laughs> what I was like, "There's got to be a song in here," and so I kept trying different songs. And then I told this in the duck blind this morning. And then I hit his new song, which uh-uh. was, you ready for this? Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> when I cranked that song up, he got a smile on his face. Well, the Bee Gees guy is singing so high that uh, our little one started trying to emulate that with his voice. He started screaming at it, not, not like crying because he was grinning, but he was like, ah. And I was like, boy, he is, he is love well, Johnny, love it. Johnny Cash. It was impossible for Johnny Cash Johnny to do. Cash could not do the BG, no, see. The BG. So I started, <laughs> when I started trying to get into my falsetta and doing this, because now I'm like, this is working. This is working. We have happiness and joy. Well, when I started doing that, well, my two little lap dogs, they thought now we had gone into to wolf cry. So they started, oh, <laughs> 
Everybody's getting fired. So now, so then I look up and Missy's grinning while she's recording this on her phone. And uh, I said, see, everybody's happy now. It only took one Bible study at the tire place to trickle down. And here now we're all dancing to staying alive and everybody's happy. I love it. I think it's worthy so, of note. So I want to make a point. <laughs> I think ahead, one thing Dad. is worthy of note. I'll just say again, as I, I, I mentioned this the other day, Mark chapter one, you scholars have said that was the first time, that was the first gospel that you see. It's been, God has been silent for four, uh, for having 400 years, not a word. Everybody's waiting on all these prophecies to be fulfilled. Well, you get to Mark chapter 1, and one thing I noticed, if you wanted to do just kind of a little uh, test, the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, he said, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Well, if you look down below there, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. Now, 400 years of quietness and all these, you're looking at uh, the Roman Empire, which was in place when that was written. Then you got the one behind it, the Greeks, then the one behind it, the Medo-Persian, then the one behind it, the Babylonians. We speak a message of wisdom who are coming to nothing, not, not the one, not the rulers of this age. We speak of God's secret wisdom. So when Jesus said, the time has come, my time has come, you're saying, uh-oh, what's fixing to happen? We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom <clears throat> that has been hidden, not a word for 400 years, and that God destined for our glory before time began. And Jesus Christ is everybody to this day. He is the marker of all time. We yeah. count time by him. Oh, that's a valid point. Yeah. That's why he started in Hebrews 1, said he had spoken by prophets, but in yep. these last days. That's right. Um, he's spoken. None to of the rulers of this age understood it. None of them. All these empires that have come and gone. Well, when Mark gets there, he says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. Jesus, him crucified. For, for if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So you're saying, oh my goodness. In other words, the, 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 the salvation of the human race is just right there. Never been heard of before. Some guy was coming out of the woods chasing grasshoppers and eating honey. He's hollering and baptizing people. And you're saying, and Jesus said, my time has come. The kingdom is near. And without saying it, and I'm the king. It's the most amazing thing I've ever read in my life. I concur. Hang on, Zach. Hang on, Zach. Let's, let's take our last break. Yeah, and the, and, and the, and the point, I think, of what, that when, you, when we're talking about transformation here, you, you, you read that, what Phil was just reading here, what he says is that, that, um, the Lord of glory, but as is written, this is a quote out of Isaiah, uh, things which no eye has seen, yep, 
and, and ear has not heard, yep. and which have not entered the hearts of, of man, yep. all that God has prepared for those who love him. So you think, like, well, how does transformation take place? Here, here's how transformation takes place. Like transformation, you have to have a transformation of your desires. You have to go from desiring sin to desiring God. And you think, well, how do I do that? It's the Holy Spirit. He reveals to you the things that nobody has understood, the, the great things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, for to us, God revealed them. What? All that God has prepared for those who love him. He's revealed that to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So then when you move over like in the Gospel of John, and Jesus starts to promise the arrival of, of the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, he says when he comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to make known to you what is mine. Like What all that means is this, is that you, you, if you want true transformation, it's not just us grinding out 80 years of existence and trying not to sin. That's a miserable life. We have to see the beauty and the wonder of God. We got to taste and see that the Lord is good. And the way that we taste and see that he's good is that the spirit, the Holy Spirit illuminates our heart. And yep. then and by practice, by constant use in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, we train ourselves to distinguish what's good from what is evil. And we see that, man, God's way is better. That's where that's where life is. So I, I think that's what Jesus is kind of at the very beginning of it in Mark chapter one is we're at the very beginning of him unfolding like that message right the there. Spirit through Jesus for the first time can be given to everyone. That's that's the, that's what's going down here. You can receive God's spirit. Boy, what a what a what a what and a way to live. And that's the that's the ultimate game changer. You, you know you. it's interesting though cuz we were talking you were talking about the 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 concept Jace, of taking going out of the synagogue and into the home and I thought it was interesting because he also sends the leper back into the temple because you know he tells him he says mm-hmm. see that you don't tell it this to anyone which of course he knew he was going to tell everybody knew but go he says show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. In other words, when, when you were cleansed of something, now, of course, you could go back into the temple. Jesus sends him in there, oh, which is I, really interesting to me because yeah, yeah, me too. He, he sends it back in as the testimony that he's been healed. And so he can now make the sacrifices. So he sends him back into the system that he created from the Old Testament, which I thought was really interesting. The time is not quite there yet for for, for what's going to happen after his death. He sends he the guy back into yet. the temple and says, "Look." Yeah, but Al, I think I think there's that. I think there's something ironic about this. Now, here's my theory on that. I could, I could be wrong. Do I have that shirt on today? No, I have a shirt that says I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But if there was no cure back there for leprosy. Well, I think Jesus did it. I could be wrong. Because <laughs> that's the first time anyone had ever, no one had ever gone in and said, I've been cleansed from leprosy. So I need to do whatever this ceremony is. Well, Al, that had never So you're saying before. that's the testimony? Yeah, I think and they you're probably thought, right. I think he, Jesus planted the seed of the, in their minds. Well, how, how were you cleansed? How did that happen? Because it was there was no cure for it. Yeah, I, I looked this up in the, in the history of leprosy. They didn't have a cure for it. Now all of a sudden, this guy's like, 
I'm going to go through this ceremonial washing because I've been cleansed from leprosy. So I probably, here's what I probably think happened. I think the people at the temple, when he walked in, they moved him over to the mental illness ceremony, whatever that was. (laughs) (laughs) They said, oh, you've been cured from leprosy. Oh, okay. They're still working on that to this day, aren't they? Yeah, but I think they can treat it now. Treat leprosy. Well, but here's the thing, though, Jace. There were other there were other things like a woman on her period. You remember the woman that had the bleeding? I mean, there were yeah. other things that people did have, and then it was over, and they went back in, and now they could make sacrifices. So I think the general thing was now you're right, you're back right with the system, but you're right. He would have been a unique case. I never thought about that. Well, right. That I think he would have was, come in and said, I yeah, had leprosy. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was just that the idea of, wait a minute, you know, it created buzz and it's like, well, what, what, what's happened here? But one other point I want to make out is after, you know, he healed so many people, he spoke to the synagogue, then he goes to the house, well, then he's up way late because people, the whole town's coming there, you know, before we get to the guy with leprosy. And then it, that morning he got up while it was still dark and it was just in that progression you would just think you wouldn't read that, but it just shows you the true heart of Jesus that he was, he was literally trying to share and preach with everything in his being. He, he was getting the, the, the least amount of sleep possible. And I wanted to bring that up because I think the chosen, one of my favorite episodes in that, in the chosen in season two is where they depicted this moment right here, which is, doesn't seem like a big moment. But they had, because Jesus was not in it. He was out healing people. It's like the day just kept getting longer and longer. But while he was doing that, all his followers were arguing about various things that were coming up. And then, you know, at the end, I don't want to, if you hadn't seen it, you know, where you've been. But at the end, he comes up. And then he didn't say a word. But they, they were convicted and felt guilty about all the complaints about their day. And he's literally worked himself to the bone helping people all day. It was a powerful, powerful, powerful episode. Probably my number one out of those. I wanted to make that point because we do the same thing. We argue about our little lives and all. And you know, God's working. You're not going to outwork him. He's working. He wants to work through you. Yeah, well, that's your. It's a great point, Jace, because which I can totally relate to. I'm on this run now. I mean, we've been going two weeks, and it's just one city after another. One group of people they're excited for about this, that, and the other. And we were signing some books the other day, and there was a long line of people. And they, we got to the last two people, and she said, "I know y'all have to be tired." And I said, "Nope." I said, "I am just as excited to talk to you as I was the first person in this line because I made it my goal a long time ago that." I was there on God's behalf. And so I'm not going to run out of juice till, you know, I go home to be with the Lord. So, but I get it. Just the humanity part of it, you get tired, you know, you get, you, and yet these people have come to see you and hear what you have to say. It's like, I, I, you know, I have to speak. I have to be who I am in front of them. So I see this as more just the ultimate picture of Jesus as a human being, as well as being the son of God. I mean, don't you yeah, think, yeah. Jason, I mean, in those well, moments, I think you know, it's in there just for like, a reason. They're giving you those details for a yeah, reason. I agree. The Holy Spirit is. I mean, it would when you 
When you read these these letters more closely and then you insert yourself in the situation, which when we do this in the next chapter too, it gets really good. But yeah. you realize then yeah. he had to be tired. I mean, he's being swamped and he's just going on and on and on. And meanwhile, instead of people patting him on the back and all, there's plots on how to kill him. And they didn't have a lot of things like air conditioners, fresh running water, oh, you know, right. hot water. No. I don't know whether they had soap, whatever. But, you know, you just, yeah. if you camped out for three years, walking around in the dust. You've been in that part of the country. Would you like to live there for three years on foot? I'm sure he smelled. I'll just say that. Uh, Yeah. What's the Al's point and the Jason's point. I think he's accomplishing two things here with it. I mean, he's, he is showing his humanity and his compassion Mm -hmm. by going out and touching someone who was a leper, which the Pharisees would have never done that. They would have never showed that kind of compassion. And then he's simultaneously showing his divinity uh, by healing this person. And the irony of, of this COVID is that in action. The, COVID, hey, the Pharisee, COVID in action. You couldn't find twenty people who had touched one now. Well, I know. And well, well think about the Pharisees though. That the, the difference between the Pharisees and Jesus, the Pharisees lacked humanity and divinity, but claimed to have both. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. who actually he possessed it. I mean, he embodied it. The, the, I think that's the the dichotomy. They did they had no compassion and they had no real power. And then this guy, you know, Jesus shows up. And he's full of compassion, and he has all the power. So uh, that's a great note to uh, wrap this podcast up. We're out of time, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our overtime segment. So if you'd like to uh, subscribe to Blaze, and so you can catch those overtime segments every time, got a lot of good nuggets that come out of there. You can go to blazetv.com slash unashamed and subscribe, and you'll get the whole package. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.